0: Welcome to the Cure Church Lee Summit Podcast. Here at the Cure Church, we believe Jesus is the cure for whatever you may be going through. Wherever you are listening to this podcast, we pray this week's message encourages you. Put your hand on the bow and Elisha laid his hand on the king's hand. Then he commanded, open that eastern window and he opened it. Then he said, shoot. So he shot an arrow. Elijah proclaimed, This is the Lord's arrow, an arrow of victory over Aram, for you will completely conquer the Arameans at Aphek. Then he said, Now pick up the other arrows and strike them against the ground. So the king picked them up and struck the ground three times. But the man of God was angry with them. You should have struck the ground five or six times, he exclaimed. Then you would have beaten Aram until it was entirely destroyed. Now you will be victorious only three times. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you tonight, Lord God, for what you've already done and, Lord, what you're about to do. Father, let there be an excitement in our spirit tonight, Father. God, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Father, I pray that you would breathe upon every one of us the Ruha, the breath of life. We pray that you would have your way in this place tonight, God. Lord, don't matter what we want. What do you want to do, Father? We know that your heart is to heal. Your heart is to set forth free your heart god is to break bondages off of our lives and we pray lord god that you would do what only you can do father we love you we thank you lord god let your grace be upon this house in jesus name amen and amen come on somebody hallelujah thank you jesus amen so i i love this scripture i love this text uh you know go ahead and find your seat i'm sorry still standing out of respect for the man of God, King Jehoash, and I'm going to say king from now on because I don't want to mess up his name and say something else. <laughs> now you get it. I, I've been trying to re- like, I'm going to say something wrong. I just The king, hallelujah, amen? So out of respect for Elisha, the king comes to visit him as he lays sick, and basically he's on his deathbed. Elisha's gone through his life, done miracles, spoke prophetic words over and over again. And the king goes before him, sits down. He sees that that Elisha is about to die. He sees that this is the final moments of Elisha's life. And he begins to weep and he begins to cry. And he cries these words out. He says, my father, I see the chariots and charioteers of Israel. When he says this, he's not speaking of something he sees in a far off distance. He's not even speaking of something he sees in the heavens. He's speaking of what he sees inside of the man of God, Elisha. What he was doing was this. He was acknowledging that God used Elisha's life to be a protector over Israel, amen? So he was a one man army that God used to shield Israel from certain trials and tribulations that they set themselves up for but god's hand was on israel because of the man of god elisha so this man of god looking at the nation of israel he seen the wickedness he seen the rebellion in their hearts and elijah was a man who stood up against apostasy stood up against rebellion he declared the word of the lord not with a timid spirit but with a bold spirit amen and listen Men of God, woman of God, that's what we need today. We need people who will rise up and speak the things of God with boldness, unashamed. I ain't scared to speak up what God says, amen? We speak with a bold spirit because the moment you speak with a bold spirit is the moment someone might listen to what you're saying. He stood. He was Israel's true defense against nations and kings that desired to invade and to destroy God's people. And the king confessing, that I see chariots and charioteers within Elisha was a statement of faith. It was a statement of faith saying, I know that there's a God in Israel. How do I know that? Because I see the man of God that stands before me. I know that there's a real God because I see a man of God. I see a man of God who's heard from God and spoken the things that he's heard from God to the nations of the world. And listen, this is a powerful statement. This is not just something he said to sound good or to sound cool. I see chariots and the charioteers. This is so powerful because unbeknownst to the king who just said this, it is it the same words that Elisha spoke to Elijah in 2 Kings chapter 2? Not knowing that Elisha said these things before, he says it about him. And this is, this is powerful. Only God could have showed him that. Now, because the king had expressed some faith. Somebody say some faith. faith. So because he had expressed some faith in the Lord, Elisha, on his deathbed, wanted to arouse a full faith, a complete faith within the king. He's on his deathbed, church. I'm about to die. But what Elisha was more concerned about is when I pass where there be a flame that stills burn for Israel. Will will there still be someone, amen, who will carry the torch of holiness and faith within Israel after I pass? So so he's not sitting there waiting on somebody to give him a flower or someone to say, hey, I'm so sorry you're passing. He's looking at the king that stands before him, a king that respected him enough to come and visit him when he heard he was dying. And when he heard the king say chariots and charioteers, he said, whoa, I see faith in that king. It may not be a whole bunch of faith, but I see some faith. Now I want to arouse a full and complete faith within this king and hopes that a flame will still burn for Israel. The moment that me and you start expressing a faith in our own life, I'll oh, stay with me for just a minute. See, we all, when we come to saving grace in Jesus, had enough faith to understand that I cannot be saved unless through the cross of Calvary. Right? We understand that is a truth. That is a basic truth. We understand. But listen, the Bible says that God has given each and every one of us a measure of faith. We all have some faith, amen? But some faith just won't cut it when things get rough. The faith got to go a little deeper than the little faith that I had, amen, that I can start my car or the little faith I had that I was waking up in the morning. We need a deeper faith to get us through deeper things. Listen, when you go through deep waters, you need deep faith. You need deep faith, amen. And and what God is trying to do is saying this. When we begin to express a faith in our life, when we begin to live out of faith before God, what God will do is this, and this is so amazing. What God will do is this. The moment I start expressing my faith, God looks at it and begins to lean on my faith. Not that I'm holding God up, but God says I'm putting weight on your faith to see how much faith you really got. Amen? To see how much I can really pull out of you and how many things I can do in you and through you. Because listen, when I have enough faith that I can step out God will lead me out. When I have enough faith, amen, that I I can go and do something great for the kingdom. When I can go start a church or be a missionary or start a men's song or women's song or just anything of that nature if I can give radically like I've never done before. When I begin to express and live out my faith, God will lean on it to see how much faith is really there. If Elisha could awaken a full and complete faith within the king, the king could launch a reformation throughout Israel. Because there's, listen to me, there's one thing to have a prophet of the Lord, right? There's another thing to have a king that stands for holiness. A prophet is supposed to be a holy man. Come on, a is supposed to be a man of God. He's supposed to hear from God. But a king who would stand up and say, we're tearing down the altars of Baal. We're tearing down the altars of Molech. We're tearing down every demonic thing, amen. And we're going to live for the God who saved us and set us free. The moment a king begins to rise up and declare the things of God, a whole nation will take notice. And this is what he's leaning on. He's at, he's at a place where my hope is in this king. My hope is always in God. But man, if God could use this king. If God can lean a little bit on this king and full out of full faith, a complete faith, what could happen? There needs to be a reformation. There needs to be a change. That in hopes that it would draw an entire nation back to God. Ever since... God led the children of Israel out of Egypt. He's been competing for their affection. I'm going to send you into a land. I promise you this land, but listen, there's people living in the land. Take them out. Get rid of them. Destroy them. Because if you enter in and you don't take them out, they will enter into you. So it'll no longer be your land. It'll be their land, and you're just there with them. And then what's going to happen is you'll start marrying their daughters and marrying their sons. And then before you know it, you'll start worshiping their gods. He has always, from that moment, been competing for the affection of Israel. And he's hoping that God will use his king to bring forth a reformation, to bring the people of God back to God. Amen? And today, let me tell you something. God is looking for men and women today who can launch a reformation in our world and in our nation, amen. Just like back then, God is still competing for the affection of his people right now. There is still a time right now, amen, where God is competing for the affection of people. Who is he competing with? He's competing competing with media. He's competing, amen, with lusts of the world. He's competing with the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, amen. He's competing with all these things we want and desire, the things we look at, the things we see, taste, and smell. He's competing with all these things. And he's still looking for men and women who are raised up full of faith and say, I will be the part of a movement that causes the reformation. Amen. I will bring a reformation that will bring people back to the things of God once again. Because here it is. We live in the United States. Everybody know who God is. No, you don't go to anybody and say Jesus and they're like, who? We live in a place where they know who God is. But they still don't want him. We live in a place, Amen, where we have gotten as bold as to reject God. I don't want God. No thanks. That's the time we live in, and we can shake our head at it and say, "Man, that's demonic." It is, but what we're gonna do about it? We can shake our head and say that's demonic. That's messed up. But what we're really saying is, "Go to hell." So God's looking for men and women who will not just shake their head, not just shake their fists, but open up their mouth and begin to declare the things of God amen, begin to declare a movement, a reformation for the world to see where people who become cold he's looking for men and women who will become bold where people become hardened in their heart, he's looking for people who will be soft in their heart, where God can make it pliable and move it around and I I'd, I'd I mean what if? What if God raised up a generation that was moved by faith and not by facts? Well, I mean, you know, science. I believe in science. <laughs> but what if that we didn't care about what the facts say? but instead cared about what the faith says. Some of you like, you can't even grab their arm. What do you mean? I mean, it's facts. But they're facts because the world said so. Come Come on. The facts are, oh, you're born that way. Faith says, no. The facts say, it's a woman's right to choose. Faith says, it's murder. Come on. You're like, Pat, you talk a lot about this. That's where we're at right now. That's where we're at. I can, and listen, I'm not going to talk about roses when I'm in a valley of lilies. It is what it is. We're at where we're at, amen? Faith looks past what we see, right, and believes there could be more. If I Listen, if we only were limited to what we see in front of us, we'd never go nowhere. Listen, I'm, you, you'd never start a business, you'd never go to school, you'd never believe for your marriage should be better. If what you saw before you was all you saw, then that's all you get. But faith believes there has to be something more. My Bible tells me there has to be something more. There has to be more to this life, there has to be more to my marriage, there has to be more to my children, there has to be more. Amen? We can look around and say, man, it's too bad, nothing will ever change. Or we can have faith to say, Lord, if you can split a red sea into two, you can do anything. Come on, we ought to have that kind of faith that, Lord, if you can do the things I've read about, things that I've seen in my own life, the testimonies I've heard in someone else, you can do anything. If you can raise Lazarus from the dead after four days, what can't you do? If you can heal that woman with the issue of blood for 12 years, what can't you do? With God, all things are possible. I'm talking about the kind of faith church that believes that God can touch presidents and nations. Amen. That God can defund Planned Parenthood. That God can draw men and women back to the cross of Calvary once again. That kind of faith. Elisha tells the king, wanted to jumpstart a move of God, a revival in Israel. Wanted to cause a nation to walk in victory after victory after victory. Wouldn't you love that kind of life that every time the enemy tried to rise up, you walked in a victory and then another victory and a greater victory? You know what confidence that would bring to your life? He tells them, I want you to go and I want you to grab a bow and some arrows. And you know what he does? He goes to grab a bow and some arrows and I, I really love that I'm, I'm going to say this again I love the fact that this prophet on his deathbed minutes away from dying is not wanting sympathy you know you know what kind of people want sympathy those that don't know where they're going Come on, he's like hey I'm about to be out of here I'll holler But on his deathbed, he says, I still want to be used by God. You know know you're full of faith. When you're about to die and you're witnessing to the doctors, you're telling the nurses, get saved, get right, amen. Come on, he still wants to be used by God. So out of obedience, he goes and he says, man, this is a weird request, but I will do it. He grabs a bow, grabs some arrows. And the Bible says in 2 Kings 13, 16 through 17, it says, Elisha told him, put your hand on the bow. And Elisha laid his own hands on the king's hand. Then he commanded, open the eastern window. And he opened it. Then he said, shoot. And shook her head. She said, no, don't do it. (laughs) She literally shook her head. Pastor, don't do it. (laughs) I'm going to shoot this. And I need somebody to go get it for me. Okay? I'm not going to aim at you, so if I hit you, it was a mistake. (laughs) Matter of fact, I can't really see nothing. So he grabs the arrow, opens the eastern window, opens it up. There's not a lot of people over there. So, Keon, you guys, if I hit you, I was aiming back there. So he opens up the eastern window, and he shoots. I like that. It's my kids' toys, but I play with it. Amen. Listen, so he does it. Open the eastern window, Open it, and then he said, shoot. He shot the arrow, Elijah proclaimed, this is the Lord's arrow, an arrow of victory over Aram, for you will completely conquer the Arameans at Aphek. Go ahead and bring it to me. Now, on his deathbed, he does that. Thank you, Lamar. He does that. He shoots it, and basically, that didn't take a whole bunch of faith, right? He just did what the prophet told him to do. Alright? So he, remember, some faith. So he says, go and do that. Okay, cool. There's a little bit of faith there. Now, what happened was it signified, this was a symbolic gesture that signified that you will have victory. He used it to show what God is about to do the next time you go into war against Aram, amen? Now, Elisha was about to give him another opportunity to flex his faith in a greater way, though. To show, like, what could you do? Do you have faith? God's leaning on you to see what you will do, how you will respond to what I'm asking you. Then he said, now pick up the other arrows and strike them against the ground. So the king picked them up and struck the ground three times. Did that move you? Was that impressive? It wasn't impressive to the prophet either. Now, shooting that arrow didn't take any special faith. It didn't take mountain-moving faith. It didn't take a lot of faith at all, right? Besides just listening to what the prophet said and doing what he told him to do. But sometimes our reaction to what God is calling us to do dictates the outcome of what God wants to do. Let me say it one more time our reaction to what God has called us to do will dictate the outcome of what God wants to do. So God can tell you something, but how did you do it? Listen, it's like this. If God says, jump, and I do this. I did it, but God sees the heart behind it. If God says run, I did it, but God sees the heart behind it. It's almost like this. If God says run and I did that, the prophet could have said, if you would have ran full speed, jumped over the chairs, ran around the building until you fell down, you would have had victory over your life forever. That's what he, watch, this, this is what he's doing here. It's more than just doing something, it's how we do it. Hear me, it's more than just doing it, it's how I did it. I mean, it can be as simple as, hey, hey, brother, hey, sister, can you do this? And when we do it half-hearted, we do it like we don't want to do it, but we did it. There's no reward in that. It's a difference like this between someone telling you you need to go to church or you just go to church because you know you need to be in church I came why'd you come because someone told me to so watch this who gets the greater reward the one who's told to come or the one who comes because they want to be in God's house come on is somebody hearing me tonight so it's not in the fact that I did it it's how did I do it is my heart in it come on or am I just doing something to get somebody off my back I did it! Will we do it with the right heart? Will we do it with the right motives? See, God is looking for more than half-hearted commitment, church. He's looking for radical commitment. He's looking for us to go all out. Because listen, Christianity is not a weekend thing. Christianity is not a weekend It's not something I put on on Sunday, like I'm putting on my outfit. All right, from this moment on, I can't cuss till Monday. (laughs) Can't cuss nobody out till tomorrow. Can't smoke till Monday. Can't drink till tomorrow. But this ain't no weekend thing. This is an all-consuming thing. This is I gave my whole life to Jesus thing, amen? This is I gave it all up, amen? I surrender. My life is not my own no more. I have given it all up to God. When he shot that arrow, it resulted in a victory over Aram, right? Right? So now that I've been around Elisha long enough, I know that Elisha is a staunch defender of Israel. I know that he wants victory over Israel. And he told me as soon as I shot that arrow that we have victory over Aram in a particular place. So this next symbolic act would probably, in my thinking, if I was thinking the right way, it would probably result in more victory. So knowing that, especially this word coming from Elisha, knowing that, When he told me i need to strike the ground with my arrow why did he only do it three times why only three times you might be asking why not only three times right nobody told him how many times to do it but that's the deal when you only do what someone tells you to do is your faith really your own If you only do what someone tells you to do, is it really your own radical faith? Or is it just you doing what someone tells you to do? Come on, when my kids get older, when they have to read their Bible, go to church, pray on their own, they'll know it's not because mom and dad told me to, it's my own faith. It's what I know to do, it's my own spiritual disciplines in my own life. I know that I can't get to heaven hanging on to my dad's foot. I have to get in on my own relationship with God. Are you with me tonight? Yes. So you again, no one tells them, but man, you would think that if I know Elisha and I know that he's a staunch defender of Israel and I know that me just shooting an arrow got me a victory, what should I do when he tells me to strike the ground with it? I need to strike it until it's splintered into a million pieces till there's not really even an arrow no more. I'm going to strike it until my hands are bloody until there's nothing left yes. because I care that much but he only struck it three times the Bible says the man of God was angry with him now as a young convert when I read that I'm like that ain't fair why you mad at him I I did I'm like that's not right if you wanted him to do it five or six times tell him do it five or six times but again if it's not in him hope I'm talking to somebody tonight if it ain't in him then it just ain't in him You can tell people over and over and over again, you need to go to church. You need to be faithful. If it ain't in them, it ain't in them. In the time we live in right now, if it ain't in you now, it just ain't in you. Like, ain't nobody got to tell me, listen, Jesus is coming back. I ain't playing no games. If somebody got to tell you, come on, you got to go to church. Come on, you got to be faithful. Come on, it ain't in them. And God knows that. You're only here because someone's telling you to be here. You're an adult. Come on. Come on. And you got to have somebody wake you up, tell you to go. To, come on, man. Yeah, come on. It, it shows you where, 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 where the commitment is. Because I think you just said that no one has to call you to wake you up for work. No one has to call you to wake you up for the football game. But now somebody got to tell you when to get up. Don't forget to brush your teeth, get dressed, go to church. Come on, man. He shot the arrow. That arrow gave him victory over Aram at a particular location. He said this that you will get victory over Aram in this particular place. I forgot what it was, but a particular location. Meaning, this if I'm going to get victory over Aram in this location, that means that I will get victory over Aram, which is a battle. So I will win the battle, but there's still a war. He did, the prophet didn't say you're going to get victory over Aram, period. He said you're going to get victory over Aram at this location. That don't mean that you're going to wipe them out. That just means you are going to take out a section of their army in this location. So you get the victory, but there's still a war. Listen, it ain't enough to get victory in one area of your life. Come on. It is not enough to get victory with one area of your life, but then be bound up in 14 more areas. Come on. And this is what he's trying to tell them. You'll get victory here, but listen, there's still a battle over there, a battle over there. You got men over there. You need to get victory in all these areas. You know that there's battles all around. Why are you striking the ground only three times? It's got to be in you to get your victory. Maybe when he struck the ground, he thought, man, this is dumb. I like shooting arrows, so that was fun, but this is dumb. Striking it down. Maybe after the second, it's like, you know what? This ain't going to change nothing. See, the little things we do have big results, if you believe. Listen, some things may seem insignificant when you do it, but well, the results can be monumental. So he thought, maybe, I wasn't there, I'm not his mind, but maybe he just thought, this is dumb. But if he thought that, what it means is my faith is keeping me out of entering into what God has. See, where faith would have kept me, boom, 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 facts. I say three is enough. Oh, wow. Let me tell you this, that God is putting arrows in our hands tonight every one of us has arrows spiritually. Some we're going to shoot. We're going to get all the way back. What does that mean? That means sometimes you feel like my life is in a setback. No, God is just pulling some things back to launch you, amen, into something greater. So there's arrows in our life. Some are going to be launched out. And some of the arrows that God puts in your hand are going to be used to smite the enemy. They won't be released out. They'll be used to strike down the enemy. So the question is, how determined are we to get our victory? How determined are we, amen, to overcome the enemy in every area of our life? You look at these two men. One man is a prophet Lord, on his deathbed. One man is a young king looking at years and years of more life. But their age is not the only difference in their life. Elisha was a man who was full of confidence in God. Full of confidence in God. And this king was a man who didn't have a whole bunch of it in God. But you know what it shows? It shows this, that we can never depend on someone else's faith that caused us to make it. We can never depend on someone else's relationship with God that cause us to make it. For a long time, this king had Elisha in his life, and he just leaned on Elisha. Well, now that Elisha is about to pass to his reward, what faith did you see in Elisha? What faith did you get from Elisha that will cause you to stand out on your own? That means that sometimes we spend so much time telling people to pray for us, but we never pray ourselves. Hey, I need you to pray for me. Cool, man, you pray, what? No, I didn't, because I'm asking you to do it. The amount of times that the king struck the ground, it disappointed and it angered the prophet. Why? Because he had a heart for Israel. So when he saw him hit it three times, he was like, oh my gosh. Dude, now you're only going to defeat him three times. It's going to take five or six good defeats to wipe him out, and you're only going to do it three times, man. So now the nation that I love so much, Israel, God's people who I love so much, they're going to fall into bondage because you didn't have enough faith to keep striking the ground over and over and over again it shows that the king really didn't expect anything great from God I don't even know if you ever talked to God I think maybe just went to Elisha now he loved Elisha Elisha was a Major different from Elijah. Elisha protected Israel. But where was his own expectations of what God could do in him? See, we all have people in our life that we can look to and say, man, they have faith and they're this and they're that, but where's your own? Where's your own? You cannot depend on someone else and their faith to get you through the roughest storms and issues in life. Because if so, you will fall. So, no matter where you're at in your life right now, no matter how things look in your life right now, I want to ask you a question. If God puts an arrow in your hand, how many times will you strike the ground? Will you strike it enough to get you through the week? I just want to make it through the week. I just want to hopefully make it to church on Sunday. Or will you continue to strike the ground until that enemy of oppression is destroyed in your life? The enemy of depression is destroyed in your life? The enemy of lust and bondage is destroyed in your life? I mean, why, God? How many times will you strike the ground believing that every time I strike the ground, I'm expressing my faith and I'm leaning on my faith to get me through this? Three times. might as well done it none, none times. That's nothing. It's not the fact that he did it, it's how he did it. It's not the fact of if you read your word, it's how you read your word. It's not the fact that if you tell someone about Jesus, it's how you tell someone about Jesus. Everything we do, it has to be done knowing that I'm doing it for the king. I'm doing it to get closer to God. I'm doing it, amen, because this is my salvation I'm talking about. I don't do it half-heartedly because God knows when I do it half-heartedly. Will you always feel like over and over again? No. But that's when you step out of your feelings. That's when you step out of how I feel and what I feel like doing. You step into your faith and say, I gotta do it. I know what my life was before Jesus and I don't want to go back. Come on, I know how I used to talk and I don't want to talk like that no more. I know who I used to be and I don't want to be that no more. So I'm going to strike the ground even when I don't feel like it. I'm going to strike this arrow until I get my victory. I'm going to strike this arrow until I walk into what God has for me and my family. Amen. I'm going to keep striking until I can't strike no more. Amen. It's not that you do it. Hear me one more time. It's how you do it. Some of you barely made it to the church today. Barely made it to the house of God. And I don't care how you make it. I don't care if you barely make it. I don't care, but when you get here, how will you be here? Don't ever, listen to me, don't ever let moments like this pass by. I'm a staunch believer, man, that one service can change your life. I'm a believer, man, that you can step in and be like, Man, I barely made it, but man, God could touch you because you allowed yourself to be touched. You weren't pushing God's hands away. Nope, nope, I don't want that. You allowed yourself to be touched by God. It's not how you and it's not that you do it. It's just how you do it. Amen. Amen. Come on, give the Lord some praise tonight. Will you stand to your feet with me? Stand to your feet with me right now. Man. It's time to strike. It's time to strike, amen. You know why? Because the world's been striking. Come on, the world's been striking like unafraid, unashamed. It'll strike until it tries to take you out. God has not given us a spirit of fear. What does it mean? I ain't afraid to strike back. I'm not talking about the physical. I'm talking spiritually. I'm, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid to stand up for what I believe. I'm not. I'm not afraid, Amen. To, to stand up for holiness and rights. I ain't afraid. Understand this. The Bible says the kingdom suffers violence, and the violence, take it by force. Give it to me. Give it to me. Come on, please. I want it. No, that ain't the kingdom. The kingdom is. Give me that. That's my family. Those are my children take him back man oh, right. come on everything the enemy's trying to take you take back yeah. forcefully I ain't trying to pickpocket the word I'm taking and let them know I took it oh, yeah. what <laughs> come on lift up your hands come on Begin to pray in your heavenly language right now come on the Holy Ghost is in this place hallelujah come on somebody press in somebody press in come on Rodnisha press in I feel it sis I feel God's about to come over you come on it's not that you do it it's how you do it come on somebody press in a little deeper somebody press in a little longer hallelujah come on Come on. The man of God said, pray in your heavenly language. It's not that you do it. It's how you do it tonight. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Glory. Fill this house, God. Fill this house, God. On a Wednesday night, we contend for your glory. We contend for your power, God. Father, I have decided I am going to strike the ground. I am going to strike. Strike the rock, and I'm gonna strike until I can't strike no more in the name of Jesus. Come on, in the spiritual, begin to rage, begin to war right now in the name of Jesus. Somebody strike, somebody strike in the spiritual tonight. Come on, somebody needs a breakthrough. Come on, get out of your own way. Get out of your own head. Hallelujah! Oh, I'm telling you, this could be the defining moment in somebody's life. Your faith will be different if you just accept what God is trying to do right now, right now, right now in the name of Jesus. Your life could be different from this moment on. Come on, it's not that you do it. It's how you do it tonight. Oh, in the name of Jesus. 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 Come on, oh God, greater are you that is in us than he that is in this world, God. Greater, 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 God. In the name of Jesus, we declare the enemy has been defeated. He has been defeated. The devil is under my feet right now. In the name of Jesus, victory, victory, victory victory is yours God victory is from Jesus my victory belongs to you God Father Alpha Omega oh there's something powerful in what I just said Alpha Omega woo! Alpha Omega Lord you are the beginning you are the end Not that you will be, you are, I am. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Right now, some of you are getting victory over that unforgiveness in your life. Some of you are getting victory over every error where the enemy thought he had you captive and bound up in the name of Jesus. Some of you are getting your victory right now, right now, in the name of Jesus. Some of us ain't getting nothing. Some of us will walk away the same way we walked in. Because some of us are not catching it tonight. Come on, will somebody mix it with a measure of faith tonight? Will somebody mix it with a measure of faith tonight? Oh, my Lord. Oh, God in heaven. Some will walk out free, some will still be in bondage, God. Oh, Robo Sanda. Jesus, Jesus. Come on. Somebody declare, Lord, let me not walk away unchanged. But Lord, I'm allowing you to touch me tonight, God. I'm allowing you to pull some things out of my life right now, God. I'm allowing you to bring me into a place called victory tonight. Tonight, God. Not tomorrow, not the next day, but today is the day of salvation. Today is my day of victory. Today is my day of healing in the name of Jesus. Oh, Lord, God, I thank you for what you're doing on Wednesday nights, God. I thank you for people who come and they're not here for frills. They're not here for a Sunday morning experience. They're just here because they need you, God. They're here because they want you, Lord. wreck us tonight God wreck us father in the name of Jesus come on I ain't that saved where I don't need a touch from God I ain't got it together where I don't need a touch from God Lord touch us Lord heal us Thank you, Lord Jesus. or Rabababa Sandy, the Bekiara Shondoro, Oh, Rababa Shandy, the Beciro, the Ara Baba Tebeki. Father, we're done pushing your hands away, God. We're done rejecting you, Father. Lord, we accept you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Oh, God, I'm not ashamed to be touched by the king. Ha! I'm not ashamed to be touched by the Savior. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, the doors of the prisons are being opened tonight. The doors that have held you locked in way too long are being opened tonight. Come on, walk out of bondage and walk into your promise. Walk into your victory. Walk into your healing. Walk into your breakthrough. Oh, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, there is none like you, Jesus. There's none like you, God. There's none like you, God. Oh, come on. Can't nobody do me like Jesus. Come on. There's none like you, God. There's none like you, Father. Forgive us, Jesus. Forgive us, oh God, when we go through the motions. Forgive us, oh God, when our motives are wrong. Forgive us when we just do it without really doing it. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, lift up your hands. Lift up your hands all over this place. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, God. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that we're two or three gathered. There you are. There you are, Father. Lord, if we seek you, we will find you, God. That is your promise, oh God, that if we seek you, we will find you. So, Lord, the reason that if we don't find you, is that we're really not seeking you. So Father in heaven, I pray that as we seek you, that you would show up in every capacity and area of our lives. Father in heaven, we ask for your glory. We ask for your power, that dunamis, explosive, dynamic power, God, within us, God, to break out in greater ways. Father in heaven, I pray that tonight will be the night that we begin to express ourselves and worship like never before that, Lord, in heaven, and we will not continue to reserve, God, but, Lord, we let it all out, Father, because I know that when we let it all out, when we let it all flow, God, you will fill us back up, God. Father, in heaven, I will never be empty because I have a source called Jesus. So, Father, in heaven, we pray, Lord, God, that we would go directly to the source, Father, that you would fill us up, God, with all righteousness, God. Help us, Father, to live for you, Father. Help us to pray in the morning, God. Help us to read your word. Help us to study to show ourself approved. Help us to love those who hate us, God. Help us to pray for those, God, who despise us. Help us, God, to be more like you. To be more like you, God. Lord, no more reacting the way the world reacts. But I want to react the way you would. Jesus, I pray, Lord, let there be a residue left in this place, oh God, from the glory that filled this place. The Lord, even on Sunday, Lord God, when we gather back together, the Lord, we will feel your presence the moment we step in, God. So, Father, as I feel like we're operating under an open window, God, I want to petition you this night, Lord. Come on, come in agreement. Father, we pray, bring families back to the house of God, Lord. <clears throat> We pray, Lord God, for those the enemies lied to, Father. The Lord in heaven, they would recognize that there was a lie of hell, Father. And they would rebuke those things and begin to flood back to your house like never before. And Lord in heaven, I want to be mature enough to pray this not only for us, but for every church, God. Every church has had people leave, God, because the enemies ripped them off. I pray, God, that our church will be full again. Father, I pray that you will begin to decrease, God. Begin to decrease the attendance of bars and strip clubs, God. Begin to decrease the attendance, God, of nightclubs, God, and begin to increase the attendance in the house of God once again, God, in the name of Jesus. Father in heaven, I pray, fill your house, fill your house, God, in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray backsliders will come home, God. We pray for people, Lord God, who have been wondering about God, begin to come into the church once again, God. Father, we pray, fill your house. Fill your house, God. Bring in people, Lord God, that we don't know. People who don't look like us, talk like us, act like us. Bring in people, oh God, from every walk of life. Father, we pray bring in rich people, bring in poor people, God. Bring in lawyers, God. Bring in people who need lawyers, God. Bring in people from every walk of life, God, in the name of Jesus. Bring in people, oh God, who just need you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Oh God, people who on the outside look like they got it all together, but on the inside they're dying on the inside, Father, they're contemplating suicide. They're contemplating so many evil things. Bring them, God. Bring them, God. Bring them, God. If you bring them, we'll love them. If you bring them, God, we won't act like, who cares? If you bring them, God, let there be a people in the congregation who won't allow somebody to come in and leave without being talked to. Father, if we're guilty of anything, let too many people talk to them. Let too many people talk to them and, and greet them, Father, in the name of Jesus. Let it never be said that someone walked in, sat down, and left without having an encounter with someone from this place. God in heaven, help us to love people. Help us to love people, God. Let we'll there be a love revolution, Jesus. Let us go against the norms. We're to love like never before, God. Father, we thank you for what you've done in this place tonight. Thank you so much for listening to the Cure Church Lead Summit podcast. If you would like to partner with us, please visit our website at www.thecurechurchls.com and click the Give tab. We thank you so much for joining us today. Remember, Jesus is the cure.